Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for my LGBTQI plus storytelling night. This week, Natalie Ironfield belongs to the Darug Nation and has been living on Wurundjeri land since 2013. Natalie is a lecturer and tutor at the University of Melbourne, as well as a photographer and wannabe DJ. Her writing has appeared in Unmagazine. She performed this story at the Melbourne Speaker Tent. Maria Locke, my great-great-great-grandma, was one of the first Aboriginal young people to go to Whitefellas School. She was taken to the Blacktown Natives Institute when it was opened by Lachlan Macquarie on Darug Country in 1814. The institution aimed to civilise Blackfellas living in the Sydney colony. Forcibly removed from their families, black children were gifted a Western education in exchange for institutionalisation and indoctrination into whiteness. My great-gram was just 14 years old when she won the chief prize, running against 100 or so of the local white kids living on our country. She was considered smart for a black fella. The colonisers saw the possibility of assimilation in her. In my family, she is remembered as a staunch black woman who achieved remarkable things in an era of frontier violence. I once shared this story about my great-gran with some white guy that I went on a Tinder date with. I spoke of the sadness of her story and how it signified how my family had been enduring the effects of colonisation for so long. He sighed, rolled his eyes and told me not to think about things so negatively. This was our first and only date. (laughs) I decided to ghost. I share this story of my great-gran, of my ancestor, to invoke her memory, which runs through my blood. I don't share this story in the hope of sympathy or reconciliation. I share this story as her descendant. I share this story to attend to her ghost. The Blacktown Natives Institute marked the beginning of the forced removal of black kids from their families and communities. The legacy of the Institute's creator, Lachlan Macquarie, is celebrated through naming all across New South Wales. I'm haunted by his legacy every time I visit my parents who live in Lake Macquarie, every time I drive through Port Macquarie to get to my nan's place in Kempsey. I often wonder if settlers ever stop and think about where the namings of these places originate from, if they think about the colonial violence that is hidden behind these words. 
I'm haunted by the continued presence of this monster across a multitude of Aboriginal nations on the east coast of Australia. In sharing this story, now you are haunted by his legacy too. In their piece, The Glossary of Haunting, Yunanga woman Eve Tuck and settler woman C. Ree describe haunting as the relentless remembering and reminding that will not be appeased by settler society's assurances of innocence and reconciliation. Haunting doesn't hope to change people's perceptions, nor does it hope for reconciliation. Haunting lies precisely in its refusal to stop. Alien to settlers and generative for ghosts, this refusal to stop is its own form of resolving. When I talk about haunting, I'm speaking of an unyielding refusal to disappear, a persistent lingering. As blackfellas living in the colony, settler colonialism wants us to disappear, to permanently go away, to vanish. Education is a key strategy that has been used to enact this erasure. In addition to attempting to breed out the black, higher education institutions have also played a crucial role in the ongoing colonizations of our lands and our bodies. In these institutions, racist knowledge about us is legitimized and presented as objective, as neutral, as fact. Meanwhile, our knowledge systems are studied, picked apart and conceptualized as less than, as deficient, as lacking. Remnants of this colonial agenda are scattered across the university campus on which I work. As a black person teaching into the academy, the names of the buildings and the silent histories that lay within them often serve to remind me that I was never meant to be here. Each day when I go to work, I sit in an office in a building named after a monster, John Medley, a key advocate and leader of the Eugenic Society in Victoria. Each week I teach into a building previously named after another one, Richard Berry, the man responsible for the grave robbing of over 800 Aboriginal people. Within these institutions, these histories often lay dormant, unspoken about, and sometimes they are even erased. Richard Berry's name was recently removed from the walls of a university building, only to be replaced with the name of a different dead, maybe slightly less racist, cis white man. This was a process that happened quite literally overnight. Barry's name vanished almost as if it was never there. In moments like these, I'm reminded that black people aren't the only thing that the colony wants to disappear, to leave quietly and to erase without a trace. I'm haunted by the legacy of Medley and Barry, but the memories of my ancestors running through my blood compel me to speak up. I speak to attend to my ancestors' ghosts, to unsettle what is believed to have been settled, and in doing so, I haunt. As Naranga poet Natalie Harkins explains in her piece, Mapping Through the Archive, Memory Through Blood, we are haunted and we haunt. We write to create, to survive, and to revolutionize. We write to haunt and we ache because we refuse to leave the past alone. While my mere presence in these spaces speaks to the failure of these monsters to successfully enact their colonial fantasies, I choose to speak of these monsters when I teach in these spaces 
to make their continued but often invisible presence known. Although they may not, no longer physically inhabit these spaces, their legacies continue to. In the colony, settlers' memories become history. In speaking to the memories of ghosts and to the legacies of monsters, I seek to disrupt this colonial continuum of history because as blackfellas, we have always refused to quietly disappear. I share these stories to attend to the memories of the ghosts of my ancestors, and I choose to do so because settlers should be haunted by the ongoing and violent impacts of settler colonialism too. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, share your favourite stories on socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider signing up to my Patreon. The link's in the podcast description. Stay safe.